Hello, everyone. Today, we're doing something a little different. We've decided to start an interview series here on LMS Cast with people who we admire in the learning management system space and who are just altogether incredible people in the online education space. And today, I had the opportunity and the pleasure of interviewing Diana Young. And Diana, uh, we met through a kind of an online group, Facebook group, and she has been one of the most uh, passionate, generous people uh, who have come into our world here at Lifter LMS, giving us feedback on how we could improve our product and do a better job with our branding. And so I asked her to kick off this interview series with me because I think that what she has to share with the world can benefit everyone who's in the online education space as well as anyone who's purchased Lifter LMS and who is looking to create an incredible course. And we go through so many different topics, everything from uh, values and beliefs uh, into why you should be okay with making money and making indifference. And while these these two ideas are not, uh, why they aren't mutually exclusive ideas, I should say. So I had such a fun time interviewing Diana. I think that you're really going to enjoy this interview. And I'd love to hear your feedback. If you can, head over to lmscast.com, check out the, the blog post um, with Diana, and leave me a comment. And let's start a discussion there. I hope you're having a great day. And thank you for listening to LMScast. But yeah, I mean, let's start off with this this question, like, what attracted you to Lifter LMS? Like, let's just start from the top, I guess. Great. Well, the first thing that attracted me was the combination, actually the split personality, because that's who I work with. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to figure out that that's actually me, too. Mm. I have an interesting combination of being of having very high comprehension and very low execution. Mm-hmm. And... I can do, apparently, the stuff I can do is really technical. It feels to me like I'm always just flailing in in the, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But compared to other people, apparently, I'm pretty effective at figuring things out. So that combination of easy for someone who is starting from zero and responsive and, you know, designed for someone who wants to do, expand and build on and do things, those are the people I most enjoy talking to about technology. So it it was really intriguing. But the problem was I didn't believe it. <laughs> I mean, nothing personal. No, no, no. But after two years of flailing around buying everything, I did. I bought it all. I bought it all. I paid everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, what I found was that things were not as described. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of shocked and disheartened and I discouraged I didn't. I didn't realize how complicated it it was in a lot of ways. But the problem was, I never really knew what I was getting until I got it, and then it wasn't usually anything like what I'd expected based on what I read. If that makes sense. Right. So the second thing, but what really attracted me was when I was hearing Chris Badgett. I was describing that. I said, "This sounds great, but man, everything says it's easy. Every single thing I've ever bought, the first thing it said was it was easy. And you know, one of them I bought. I won't name the product, but I spent three months." And I cried, and it was a $300 a month product, and it was supposed to be easy, and I was supposed to be able to do it myself, and it was not easy. I could not do it, you know, no. And that's <laughs> fine. Just tell me that, right? Tell me I'll need to hire a programmer. Tell me I'll need to spend three months. If I'd known that, I could have made a better decision that would have worked better. I, You know? Right. Whew. Anyway, so so I, that was my problem, is I didn't believe. But then 
I tried it and it and it was I was shocked. It really was that easy. It was ridiculous. It was I did a whole the whole course in a weekend. Now, <laughs> I probably couldn't have done that. Wait a second. I probably couldn't have done it except I've been writing courses for a year and that gave me the course part comes easy now. Yeah. Like it sequences in my head before it hits the and that took me a year to really get there. So if I were starting from absolute zero, I'd say get your course ready first. Right. If you have the course ready, either in your head or someplace else, man, I mean, not only just a weekend, but a weekend of constant interruptions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a weekend of not even, like I probably could have done it in four hours had I had four uninterrupted hours. It was a really, a lot of other stuff going on that weekend. Anyway, so I was, woo, I was happy. <laughs> That's amazing. I see, I have to touch it. I have to see it. I have to. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's where we're headed to because, you know, at the time of this recording, we're really in kind of version one and we have a really cool update to make even the course builder side of things even more streamlined and the user experience more robust. And so we're constantly just trying to listen to our customers and and watch how they use our products so that we can improve it and make it simpler. Um, And I think you're right. I mean, congruency between the message that a company puts out there and then the execution of that message through their product or service is so important to, it's so important to keep those in line. And I think that, um, because I have a, I do have a background in internet marketing. I see how the uh, internet marketing world gets very excitable, excited and they're are excitable about like the possibilities. But then after that sale is made, they, they kind of like, they're just on to the next sale. So they're not really watching like is the information that they sold or the product they sold implemented and used in the way that they had sold it and so there's a disconnect and I think that's what's unique about our team is we and this is something I actually want to ask you about is because we we have this tension between the idea that like the, the make money online idea and the make impact idea and that's what's driven wow. us to the the LMS world is because we see people who want to teach and have a huge impact. And that's like deeply rooted inside of me. My parents are both educators. I come from a long line of educators. And I, and so there is this whole like, let's educate the world that's like ingrained in me. But I am also a business person and entrepreneur and I want to feed myself and, and, and provide for my family too, you know. And, Absolutely. and it's like, do they, I feel like right now, like the flag that we're trying to raise in a way is like, those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Um, and to be completely fr- frank and like kind of vulnerable, I don't want them to be polluted. Like I don't want people to go to lift around less and it's like, oh, those are the make money online guys. And that's what their product is. It's like we want to enable that. We want to make that easy. But we also want to give you tools to make an impact, too. And, and you know, it's not one or the other. Oh, my gosh. I want to address that so badly, but I also want to go back. Okay. I think once I start talking about making money and making a difference as one single thing that cannot be separated, I will not stop talking. <laughs> so I can't go back. Let's okay. go. So Let's rewind and then we'll go forward. <laughs> right. So, so I think what I learned after I did more studying, more research, more just poking into how things work, um, I learned that many companies have marketing as it's almost its own separate thing. Even if it's the same company, it's like a whole different thing. It's, it's a separate thing. It's not connected. And so they hand the thing over to the marketing and they just say, sell this. And they give a really, you know, like a sort of a quick idea of, and then the marketing department just goes to town and the marketing department considers that their job, if you ask them, this is usually what they'll tell you. If you ask them and no one else is listening, like I did, you know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. go where they hang out and you go ask them. We're entertainers. 
Our job is to get you excited. Our job is to get you excited so you will take your money and put it on the dotted line, right? So it's basically like um like a circus the circus barker or something, mm-hmm. right? And and it's not gosh, they think that's the game. They think that's the game we're all playing. So that's their expectation is that I know it's entertainment and I'm just there to be entertained. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm there to I'm there to hear a good pitch and give them my money and have a good time, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like their world. But my world is my dad's an engineer. How does it work? Is it going to work for me? What's it made out of? How does it operate? You know, I need mm-hmm. to know these things. So the marketing department, that may not be something I know anything about. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily going to translate real well, if that makes sense. Yeah. Through this. So I think that's one way that the marketing is just like I'm inhabiting an alternate reality of, of hopefulness and enthusiasm that is um, Maybe not entirely grounded in product reality, if you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Because that does sell. Because people do, you know, God, we all want something that works and is wonderful and has fulfilled our desires and does everything we want. And we're like, ah, that thing, absolutely, and we buy it. And then the problem, relationship. Right. People sort of bounce from thing to thing. And no one really ever gets any feedback. And I'm just going to, I'm going to just, I'm sorry to go here, but it's like dating. What if you dated somebody and you went out for a while, maybe a week, and then you dated somebody else and you went out for a while, maybe a week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you dated somebody else. Nobody would get any feedback. The power of relationships and the reason they hurt sometimes is because it's commitment. Mm-hmm. And you start seeing yourself in the other person. You start learning from them how you are and how you operate, and then you make adjustments. And the whole thing is when a relationship works, it is the best thing. It is so good because the two of you have formed a super being. Mm-hmm. And it is, yes, and it's something that you don't get if you skip the pain and skip the learning from relationship. To, and I'm not trying to run people down who do this. I'm just saying there is a layer of growth. Right. And you commit to something. Now, you got to commit to the right thing, right? Or else it's just going to be just a pain, a horrific pain fest. You, right. I really think right. values is the, is the, um, I married someone who shares my values because even though our beliefs are different in some ways, beliefs change. We actually have, both of us changed our beliefs many times during our marriage. And it's been okay because we have this common values that grounds us in the relationship and makes us both want to be there and both keep trying. And the, the second thing, this was really early on. I mean, I met Chris Badgett and then I tried the product and then I, of course, I had a million suggestions because I can't help it. I'm fascinated. I love user experience. Mm-hmm. I love, um, there's this emotional trajectory that it's like navigating a, a physical space for me. Oh, here's the door. Okay. Okay. So I'm walking in and I, I never read the manual first. All right. Uh-huh. So I'm walking in. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm turning right here. Oh, oh, this is a living room. Great living room. Okay, cool. All right. So I'm going to put my stuff down here and I'm going to start setting up my class. And that was how Lifter was. It didn't take me that long to navigate and get in there and be able to start. It was like, you know, if you get a new house and you're able to just put your stuff down and unpack and fix a meal, yeah. <laughs> you know, make the bed and <laughs> sleep. Yeah. <laughs> when you get in the house and you're like, the attic is where? The attic is, but but the attic, it's, it's in the middle of the bathroom. I can't use this. This isn't going to work. And then you're like, excuse me, but your attic, it, it's in the middle of the bathroom. Did I make a mistake? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Things can really go wrong on a number of levels. But what I loved was that, man, you guys were like, you were interested in my experience. You cared about my experience. Uh-huh. You wanted to know more about my experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, because we look at it like we're on a journey, you know, and, and yes. the only way to 
to, to have a successful journey is to get feedback from people who are on the journey with you, who are ahead of you, who are behind you, who are, uh, you know, yeah. who have a different perspective. They're on a hill behind you so they can see a different vantage point. You know, it's like it's important to, to not put yourself in a box and, and build in that box because you're not going to build something that resonates. And so when we met you, Diana, it was really fun because you were able to give us really good feedback and feedback that propelled us forward. And I think in in a lot of ways is going to propel the entire uh, WordPress learning management system industry forward because um, of what we're trying to do and connect the dots for, for teachers and make it easy for them to build, sell, and engage their students. And, and um, it's really exciting to me. You know, one of the things I want to ask, and you, you said it uh, just a minute ago, was values and beliefs. Um, for those of us who are listening, what, what, like, help me think about those things. What is a value versus a belief in your mind? Great. Okay. So, um, this is actually in my branding course because I feel like we, we start here in so many ways, but we don't think about it very often. Mm -hmm. Um, so, a belief is, is something you think is true. It's a way that you think the world is. Um, I believe that people are, you know, I believe that life is, you know, that's a belief. Mm-hmm. A value is a vision of the way the world could be. So I guess you could say, I believe people can be, you know, and it's just a value is bigger and it's more about the future. And the reason values are important is because beliefs are kind of like our filter or our autopilot. What we believe tends to shape our behavior, but mm-hmm. what we value tends to shape our choices. Mm, that's good. Right. So when I have a choice, my values are what helps me make the choice because when I am talking about my values, I'm talking about creating something. Mm-hmm. And I think what I recognized with Lifter really early, like in the first five minutes um, or maybe 10 minutes, because I was deeply skeptical actually for the first um <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, it sounds too good to be true. Yeah. I want it to be true, but I don't believe that it's true. And there's believe again. I became a believer when I used it and it worked, right? When I did actually put my class online in, a, in one very busy weekend that mostly wasn't spent at the computer. You know, that was the one I believed. But the values that I sensed immediately that made me feel like, because I don't need you to be perfect. I just want to know that we're aiming for the same place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the fact that you cared what I thought and cared about my experience, that is something I want to create in the world. I want to create a world where we care about each other's experience and mm. we listen to each other. That is the world I believe. I believe it already exists, but I have to choose to continue to make it so for me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I could easily make choices that would short circuit that for me, even though in the larger sense will always be true and can't be changed in a smaller sense I can insulate or isolate myself even from something that's true by turning myself away from it persistently so I always want to turn myself towards listening and because there's this thing I study what would you call it um, the mechanics the things that go in your brain right um, mm-hmm. and and one of those things that I keep noticing in myself is um, and there's a name for it it's cognitive bias mm-hmm. it's just this little quirk of us that makes us always return to something even when intellectually we have evidence. Like, I know I'm not the only person in the world, and I know I've got many perspectives. But, man, over and over again, I found I've only looked at my own piece. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even realize it. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're getting kind of myopic with your own view. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, and that can be all right, provided that I've got some other way of bringing in the inputs that are important in a situation. Now, what's funny about this is I do great facilitation, which means, you know, we have people, we have a group, we have a problem, and we're going to get to the bottom of it, we're going to solve it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two ways I could be in that group. One is one of the people, but I found what really works better generally if we actually want the problem solved and if it's not my problem is if I'm the one who helps everyone connect so everyone's perspective gets into this thing, and then you look at it through other people's perspectives, and suddenly you start seeing solutions. It's almost like these little windows. Mm-hmm. And you've got to remember to look through all the windows, because as you move around to the different windows, the thing starts to look real different. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and so often the problem, the solution is already there. But what needs to happen is we need to see it from someone else's perspective or from an entirely different perspective. So it's funny, even though I feel like I'm super good and get a lot of what I do is about perspective taking and helping people take perspective. It's cognitive bias that I'm just as terrible at it as every other human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So like, how do you, how do you deal like that? That's such a great perspective. And when you apply that to a brand that has what I would kind of call like a split personality, like how do you, make those personalities isolated so that people can resonate with one or the other? Yeah. Well, I want to talk to people about their experience. Mm -hmm. And it is more complicated when you're talking about two very different people with two very different experiences. But for Lifter, you have this interesting dual uh, dual level thing. Now, someone who specializes in implementing, say, LMS systems in WordPress for less technical people automatically needs to take the perspective of that less technical person in order to do good work. Mm-hmm. So do you, can you see it's like a circle nest in a circle? Right, yep. So I think I would start with, so they are already probably looking for that. Mm-hmm. They're already probably looking for the thing that is easy for their users to use. Yeah. Because heaven help us, it's like books. There's so <laughs> many books. But people don't really always read them, and sometimes they get confused, and sometimes they don't read very fast, or their comprehension isn't good, right? And then we sort of think that by throwing a book at somebody, we've already delivered to them everything that's in it, but it's just not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, people are designed to learn from other people, not from books, and honestly, not from software either. Right. <laughs> but they aren't. Here's the so, dilemma. <laughs> here's the dilemma, exactly. So people actually learn from other people, and that's just how we are. Biology has, has made us that way and not the other way. Reading was considered an arcane art until fairly recently. It was something that, you know, rich people and, and um, you know, it was just not necessary for the average person until recently, and now it's essential. So... And software is a relatively new thing, too. I mean, wow. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So we're still sort of figuring, figuring it out. And I think how people learn. But anyway, someone who's implementing is already having to look at it. If they're, if they're doing something that's going to be effective, they're looking at it from their user's perspective. So I would say they're going to be able to see both. So I would lead with the simple and then, and then add, and if you are also, or if you are. You know, and the, the people who are looking for simple, are, they're not going to want to read that. <laughs> because right. we don't need it. And they're, they're, we have to, in this culture, we have to shield ourselves from, there's it's like constant information overload all the time. And, um, oh my gosh, it's so funny. When I get a new operating system on the phone or something, you know, it'll auto update. Yeah. I have just decided to delegate that to my children. Because, <laughs> not because I can't do it, because at this point, I have 
stuff, so many, especially when I was testing software, like I would probably test four or five different kinds of software at the same time, right? And I didn't have any brain bandwidth left. I didn't have any informational digestion left to figure out why my phone had just moved my call button from this side of the screen to that side of the screen. But the kids were still, woo, you know, they were into it. <laughs> they weren't doing that all day. Yeah. It was not Busman's holiday for them. So um, this is my pet. One of my pet peeves is feeling like I'm never not working because every time I interact with software, I'm evaluating it. Yeah, <laughs> you're constantly critical. I can just be like, "Oh, this is working." Yep, yep. I understand so, owning a development company. That's a it's a big issue for me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can imagine that happens to you too. Hey, can we go to um to making money and making a difference? Yeah, let's do it. Good, because I I care about that. I I mean. That's another thing that looks like it's split in half. It looks like it's two things. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and a lot of people you talk to, I just saw a guy on the internet who posted, I'm not even going to deal with people who say that making money isn't their primary purpose. And it's funny because to me it read, um, you care about people? You care about them first? You yeah. fool? Making money is the name of the game, and I'm going to do it. And if I have to step on your face to do it, consider yourself stepped on. Yeah. Well, isn't it funny that people have this, like, guilty Uh, conscience around it? Yeah, I mean, people, I think when you say money, either you're you're completely, it's like you either have to be this, like, raging bull capitalist, like, we just got (laughs) to squeeze all the money out of every single thing we can, or you have to be, like... Uh, a 1960s throwback hippie, which is like, I don't need money, man. We're just going to like, we're just going to, yeah, live in my van and like grow some and herbs and eat. stuff and chill. And, stuff. Right, grow some herbs. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That is totally fine. If you are totally fine running out of gas, if you're totally yeah. fine when it gets to be winter and the, and some of your herbs didn't make it, you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah. In India, there are two paths, the easy one and the hard one. Um, let me tell you about the easy one. The easy one is when you take off all your clothes, you might have a piece of cloth wrapped around your waist, but probably not. Um, and you take um, the top of somebody's skull and you just wander around and people give you food. And if they give you food, you eat. And if they don't and you can't find anything, you starve and die. And that's it. You you pray all day. That's your, you know, it's between you and God what happens to you. It's up to you and God and no one else is really involved. I mean, people may involve themselves by feeding you or caring for you, but they're free not to do it. Uh-huh. To this between them and God, right? Uh-huh. So that's the easy path to, um, right? Wow. Are you are you looking ahead and guessing what the harder path might be? I, I have an idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's making money and mm-hmm. supporting your family. Mm-hmm. That's much harder. Spirit. It's also considered a spiritual path, but it's much, much, much more challenging. That's actually cool. I've never heard about that from from an Indian culture perspective. But I, I, I mean, and and why why do you think that people put these things in categories? Like, why can't they exist together? Well, here's what I, here's where I think sort of, because I know that guy didn't really mean it. I know he wouldn't yeah. actually step on my face. Right? He wouldn't. Um, but he has, we have different, remember I talked about the different rules. We have different ideas. Mm-hmm. His idea is that we're all competing, that it's a competitive game. And that in order to win, he needs to make a lot of money. And if he has to step on my face to do it, well, that's fine. That's part of the game, right? Mm-hmm. I used to play basketball. And man, part of the game was, it was psychologically intimidating your opponent. Uh, it was part of the game. We all agreed to it. Right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't say anything, but I think that with my body language, they were not getting around me. Right. And um, I also didn't let them around me because that was what made me good. Right? That's competition. And that's, 
a perfectly good game. If everybody agrees to it and everybody's happy with it, good. Play and enjoy. Right? My kids are playing chess right at this minute. That is a game they agreed to compete, and they're enjoying it. Now, the problem is when this guy is competing, and I'm going in there and I want to cooperate. Right? Right. Can you see what a disaster that's going to be? Yeah. He's going to think I'm a dummy. Yeah. He's going to think I am the biggest. He's going to think I'm that hippie guy in a van. And, you know, and the funny thing is, is the people who are willing to play the game as it is culturally understood generally do make money faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that there is another game. And I think my problem was I was trying to play um, a different game. You know what I'm saying? I hadn't really found people who said, hey, let's play our own game. Let's make the rules. Let's decide on them. And let's play about them. And my rules I want to play with are cooperative rules. Yeah. And as long as everyone else is cool with it, we'll just play that game. Yeah. I love that. Right. And, and then we get super brain. Mm-hmm. Which is <laughs> right? the best we part. Get super brain. Right, we do. And with Superbrain, we can solve anything. With all of these perspectives, we can solve anything. Because the answers are always inside the problems, just like the plant is inside the seed. A problem is just this amazing puzzle waiting for us to figure it out, and it's got a gift for us in it. Yeah. I love that and, because I, I, I study um, Stoic philosophy, and, you know, the idea in, in a nutshell is, you know, the obstacle is the way. Like, yeah. The rock in your path is the path. Like it, 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 it right. you got to, that's the whole purpose is figuring out how to get around yes. the rock. And let me tell you, when I was working with people and the pain was their rock, mm-hmm. the suffering was their rock and we could not go around it. Boy, we could not numb it. They had already tried numbing it, drowning it out, using surgery. These are people who the medical establishment had said, I'm sorry, there is nothing more we can do for you. <laughs> and, um, and that's why they came to me and, you know, we did. We sorted stuff out, and that was how. Because everything surgical is trying to get around the rock. Right. Something different, right? Change yep. things. Right. But you got to figure out. you got to figure out. Okay, I'm oh, sorry. It's, it's, there's actually a lot of really cool movies that I haven't seen, but I think are sort of getting at this. <laughs> the way it is with pain, it's almost like you hear about these people who can put their hand right through a wall or walk on fire. And it, and it always sounds so. I used to trigger my skepticism so badly. But really, in a lot of ways, problems and difficulties are like that. We have to both see them and not see them. Mm-hmm. And they're both there and not there. Right. Right. So, yeah. And, and I think I think there's, it's more changing our perspective to, seeing our, to where we see opportunities. When I was banging against the wall, I thought I had to go through that. But what I realized is... I just wasn't creating the right container for myself yet. And you know, the reason that one was hard is because I want to help everyone. And I got the wake-up call. Some people do not want me right now. They do not like my game. They do not recognize that it exists. They think I'm just a crazy person who doesn't understand the rules. Right? Like, why on earth would I not manipulate people? I remember this one guy. He said, well, I said, well, why do you do this? Why do you sell... Um, people, other people, ways to manipulate. You know what I'm saying? It was like a manipulation right. machine. Like he would, he figured out he was he was good at psychological manipulation, and so that was what he sold. And he sold it to other people who um, had less scruples about how they used it than he did. And I just asked him, and he said, "Well, why not? Because I'm good at it." And mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know what to say, but I'm good at it too. But that doesn't mean I'm going to sell it because it, I, I don't think these people really are going to use it in ways that are really going to bring us all pretty much just 
there's a lot of it's like people are hypnotized or they're um they're just in so much pain and they're so desperate and they'll just do anything they'll believe anything they'll buy anything it's not that hard because they just want that moment of relief yeah and, and what he told me he told me something that just it, for weeks I was like terribly upset he said they don't expect it to work and I don't either um. and then I was just like my heart like you could hear the crack as it broke what neither of you well okay I mean you know, excuse me but no wonder it didn't work huh right yeah I mean hello if those are expectations those are really really low right Right. Yeah, we spend the money because we th- we want we want that's like the easy way out in a way. It's like we spend the money with that brief moment of hope that it's going to change things. Right, right, right. And that was right. And I mean, I've I've certainly been on that roller coaster and taken that ride. And I've bought things that didn't work. And I think it was a combination of me deluding myself in that way, in that specific way, and also people not being very careful about where they led me as long as they got my money. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Unless you said they're not examining the results. Um, I remember I had, well, I, I, I take a lot of online courses and try a lot of software, and then I have a lot of feedback. And I was shocked that people weren't interested. Um, just really shocked because I'm interested. But mm-hmm. then I realized, oh, okay, some people aren't, in, how could they not be? It, it was a really long time for me to absorb that some people don't care. I have your money, and I'm done with you. Right. I really don't care about your experience. I really don't care what you think would be different or where you think this should go or what you think the possibilities are. I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, um, that's who I, I just need to not, I, I could not do that. I could not, I could be, I'm supporting this, but I could stop supporting it. Right. right. So when I give you money, what I want is for you to do more good things for other people and for me. And that's why I give you money. Mm-hmm. Boy, if I thought that wasn't going to happen, man, you never get my money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's anyway. that. That kind of leads into the next question I want to ask you, which is like, mm-hmm. and and this is because I want to start a public conversation. So I'm asking the public forum is how can we better serve you? You know, you've seen kind of the initial product yeah. and what we have. Where should we take this? You know, in your perspective. So- yeah, absolutely. Okay, so where I think the change, the world change is going to happen that you're talking about, you said I think it'll change the entire, I think it will too. Um, definitely keep moving towards usability. You know, mm-hmm. more testing, more listening to people, um, people from different, get a little more, I would try to get a little more specific. I think who you want to help is, is a person has a very particular nature. They, they want to help others. Um, and they are maybe feeling a little bit torn by that make money versus help others thing. Um, I would love to see you develop some kind of support or community. Honey, I, and, uh-uh, no. <laughs> um, the chess, the chess game is over, isn't it? That is, sorry, we got a little, we got a little visit from, um, the rest of the house. <laughs> right now, oh, okay, the dog wants to come in. All right, the dog is going to assist me here to answer this question. Thank you. Um, okay. I love so, it. They're a little bit torn on the rock of, I want to make money and I want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's very little business training that I have found. Um, maybe I just missed it, but so much business training is about how to do the wrong thing but pretend you didn't. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. How to do the wrong thing and justify it to yourself. How to do the wrong thing that hurts people a little bit, but you don't really examine that because that's not part of the process. So what I would yeah. love to see is you keep on just like you've been doing. Make it easier for developers. Make it easier for the average people who they help and who help themselves. And um, 
and then help those people do help those people get all the way right because that's the other weird dynamic of online marketing is there's like this everyone makes this strong start they got a little money they've got a lot of enthusiasm and then they yeah you know what i mean stuff doesn't yep. work it takes forever it's not that clear you know they they, they shockingly discovered that some people aren't honest and aren't really telling them the useful stuff that they you know what i'm saying and it just and so much potential momentum for good has been you know, I mean, the competitive game would say, well, some people just aren't good enough or aren't tough enough. Or, but, you know, what if they are? What if they're just not good at this particular competitive game? What if what they really need is, a, is an atmosphere of support? So that would be, that'd be one thing is create an atmosphere of support, create groups, communities, you know, the, the super brain, the human part of and also function as a screen and this is a this is a tough one and this is hard for me this still hurts me even to say mm-hmm. but people when you sell to anyone with a pulse and a credit card you get just everything mm-hmm. and when you're trying to grow a culture in a dish that has certain qualities you got to keep it really clean and only put in well like through the garden if you want to have a garden and you want certain things in it and other things aren't going to work you're going to need to try to sort them out constantly. And so functioning is that filter, both for things that are effective and will create results, because that's a huge filter, stuff that's going to create results, values and ethics. Ethics are, values are the way we imagine the world could be, but ethics are the the rules that we make between the agreements we make between each other of how we're going to make it so, right? Mm-hmm. Ethics are the rules that we agree to play by. So if you created a space that was bounded by ethics and had a common goal, wow, that would be amazing. <laughs> I <laughs> that love that. Super. And yes, and here's okay. So here's one of the other things I realized. Um, I had just spent ten years learning to get actual change. It hurts. Mm-hmm. It's hard, and it is the only way through. Going straight through the rock. And then I realized, oh my gosh, these people are selling it. So it looks like you went through the rock, but you didn't. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I realized, okay, well that's fine. Sell it. But let's just be clear what it is. This isn't a way to appear that you went through the rock. For instance, this is a way to get some marketer speaking. This is a way to get someone to tell you all of their pain points so you don't even have to know them in advance and you can sell them something. And I'm just sitting there like, I have been doing it the hard way because I created an entire product around knowing what their pain was and how to get them to the other side of it, you know, almost every single time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So gosh, how am I going to sell that? Because it sounds exactly the same from the outside, you know, as the other thing that mm-hmm. doesn't, but that gives the illusion that the problem has been solved or that solves part of the problem and never comes back to check, hey, how are you doing with that? Yep. So, yeah. So that too, that, that container in which relationships can occur. Yeah. No, that's a really important thing, I think, especially because I think there's, there's this, this individual that, that we're talking about who doesn't have a great forum right now to find friends and people in a community because yeah. they have to choose the, the, the box, a box, you know, uh, an internet marketing box or some other sort of box. And, uh, yeah, the box. Yeah, exactly. So let's choose an ethics, values, morals, and shared goals box. <laughs> I'm into it. We, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm, I mean, seriously. I'm, I'm sure we're going to have some sort of Facebook group or something pop out of this. This is, this, that's a, Excellent idea. And I mean, that goes into my kind of my final question, which is, you know, where you see the biggest opportunity in in the online education space. And I think it has to do with that. 
Yeah, that you're right. That is actually my answer to that question. Um, I think our unprecedented opportunity is to sort ourselves by values and what we want, the world we want to live in, and into the games we want to play, and create that actual change in people and the world, and do it really effectively. So it doesn't have to be several lifetimes or ten lifetimes, mm-hmm. right? What if we could do it in one lifetime? Because we decided that that's what we were going to do. We weren't going to spin our wheels. We were going to get traction. We were going to work together. We were going to solve our own problems and other people's problems. And we were going to do this. We were going to create this world. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that, that now is, is a perfect time to do that because of where technology has gone. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, as cheap as it's ever been to be able to spin up a WordPress site with a plugin and put information there. And then go connect with your your tribe of people. And anyone in the world, you know, who you share a common language with, you can connect with. I mean, who has internet? You know what I mean? It's provided yeah. those things you mentioned, internet connection. Yeah. That's a lot of people. It's a, a lot, lot of people. Yeah. And I, I think that's the most exciting thing to me is now, now that we've brought technological barriers down and geographic um barriers down like what what's going to happen now through the intersection the super brain as you would say that can form you know yeah and you know it's funny i actually spend some time a lot more time with my neighbors sometimes on online stuff just because everyone's so busy and the online stuff lets us plan efficiently and then execute in person Mm -hmm. oh that's good actually i feel like the internet allows me to see more of people in person than i ever was able to without of course i wasn't so busy then but you know, this sort of the thing that allows me to do the things I want to be doing. And it's just so efficient. You know, you can gather a lot of support. You can gather money. I know our local farmer's market just got completely redone, and it was an online fundraiser that did it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, Diana, this has been an incredible interview and uh, um, uh, one in which I think a lot of people are going to gather a lot of value from. If someone has a, um, a question for you, what what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? You can email me, um, Diana D I A N A at Inancy. I as an ink, M as in mouse, M as in mouse, A as an apple, N as in Nancy, A I M M A N C as in cat, Y as in yellow. Um, dot com, or you can friend me on Facebook if. You can use that address from me on Facebook and ask me. And if you don't get me the first time, try again. <laughs> I'm not notorious for checking email exhaustively. I often look right at it and don't see something, which is just a strange quirk of mine. <laughs> no, it's all it's all good. Um, well, it, it, thank you so much for for doing this interview. Um, just so the listeners know that you know we've uh, i would say you you've become a, a fast friend of the lifter lms team because of your very powerful feedback and uh and heart for where we want to go and i think we've you know that resonated with you and vice versa and so we're excited that you're on this journey with us and um we want to do more interviews like this and we want to do more uh community building efforts in the learning management space for the people who are not afraid to kind of sit on the line of the make money and make impact. And at the same time, do share those, those values that uh, of ethics and doing things above the bar. I mean, that's really, really, really important to us. So 
thank you so much for uh, coming on and, and doing this interview with me. Thank you so much. I have so enjoyed this. I just I really appreciate what you're doing, and I'm really excited about it, too. Cool. Hey, thanks for listening to the end of the interview. Uh, as you can tell, we have some amazing members of the Lifter LMS community. Uh, Diana Young is a phenomenal individual, and if you are a Lifter LMS customer, you can interact with her in the Facebook group. And if you're a customer listening to this interview and you have an incredible story that you'd like to share about what you're doing with Lifter LMS, I'd love to hear about it. And uh, you can reach out and find me at joshua at lifterlms.com and we can schedule a time to tell your story here on LMS Cast. And if you don't own a copy of Lifter LMS, well, get on it. <laughs> We'd love for you to be a part of our community and uh, share your information with the world and hopefully do an interview like this one. So you can uh, go purchase a copy over at lifterlms.com and select either a personal or development license. If you have any questions, again, feel free to reach out to me directly. My email is joshua at lifterlms.com. Thanks for listening. to I want to see if the buzzing that is in here is a part of the mic or if it's a part of the cable.